millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's going on? We are back for the members on the Wrestle Talk Podcast YouTube channel, as well as our listeners on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the podcast platforms. What's going on, Seth? How you doing today? You know, I'm happy to be a Sae. The E stands for Electric Slide. Sae Nyangi. Uh, SP3 asked me what I was doing. I was telling him I'm making a great Spotify playlist, and he asked me why I'm patting myself in the back. And I proceeded <laughs> to tell him the song and the theme of the playlist. People listening to us, human me. The playlist is called Animal Magnetism, and the song, the first song on it, is Tarzan Boy. And the song after that is The Lion Sleeps Tonight. After that is Africa, you know, by Toto. After mm-hmm. that, You Can Call Me Al. After that is Why by Carly Simon. After that is Obsession by Adam Motion. After that is Just an Illusion. After that, Juicy Fruit. <clears throat> after that is Normalizo. It's a great song. Not a lot of people know about it, but it's a banger. SB3, you know about music. Talk that talk, brother. Uh, that's a solid 7 out of 10. Solid seven out of ten. Now I want to go great. I want to go very good. It's very good. <sighs> this is the guy that I would give it. I would give it uh, three and three quarter stars. You know what? Yeah, you're that guy who has to win an argument, right? This is a guy who attacked me on Twitter because I said Nikki Ash was not a failure because you have a you lowered the bar for yourself. You. <laughs> You you lowered the bar. You you're basically saying because she won a random title, hold it for five weeks, had a below five hundred record on TV, and won two matches. You're basically saying it's a success when Nikki Cross was a two-time women's tag team champion, a top star for the women's division in NXT, was featured in a world title feud with Bra- with Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, and Alexa Bliss earlier that year before she even did the superstar the superhero gimmick and you're saying that that is more successful than uh, nikki ash is more successful than that 
on paper. Okay, no, it's okay, not. Okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about, let's, no, no, we're getting to this, guys. Damien, it's meant to be, you, that's like saying Damien Sadov was a successful WWE run because he won Money in the Bank. Or Jack, Swag- Jack Swagger had a successful WWE run because he won the ECW title, the Money in the Bank, and the World Championship. No, yeah. you know, don't, on, don't, on paper. don't, don't, even on paper, on, guys. Don't, you, on, on paper, you're, you're he can retire happily. He's gonna get a Hall of Fame ring. You're literally <laughs> losing all the facts yes. that went around yes. that. Kayfabe, look, think about it. Liv Morgan is a failure, right? Because technically, by people's uh, bar, Liv Morgan's a failure. She had a gimmick rechange. What's changed? Still not winning titles, guys. Two now, two years into it. She was there when, what, late 2019, she came out and told Lana they were having the fang that people forgot about. And the then fact, she hasn't really done... The, <laughs> the fact you are using Liv Morgan's lack of success as a bar for Nikki You guys create the bar. You create the bar. You, 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 the bar. you sir, have you bad judgment. <laughs> You created the bar. I didn't create the bar. I just said that on paper. No, she can retire tomorrow. No, no, no. She can retire tomorrow. She can retire tomorrow being happy. You were you were debating me. I never brought up Liv Morgan. I literally never brought up every single single woman that is more successful than me. That's okay. But I already said the thing is, yeah, I was not that's the thing. I haven't told you, like, in the long scheme of things, you're right. But it didn't sit right when we said it was a failure when she did accomplish things in the beginning. This still stuff that she did do. It seemed great. And also it's kind of saying Hunter Hearst Helmsley back in 96. Well, that's a failure because he's losing because of what happened in the curtain call. The story's not over. She can come back next week or in a few months and it's doing well again. The story's not finished yet, guys. It's just having a she's having a crappy 2022. I'll give you that. I admit it. Her, her highlight now is done. taking that Molly. No. The highlight is taking out Molly Holly in the Royal Rumble. That's that's been it. I, that's the thing I can say about Nikki ASH. You know, but it's been done though. The end of 2020, 2021. It was over. It was over it's, after listen. SummerSlam. She got She's a random. She got She's a random done. tag team title run. She became the most prolific and decorated uh, women's tag team champion on the main roster. She can hold that and say that she accomplished that during her Nikki Ash SB. run. But to SB. say her Nikki Ash run is a success is SB. is just lowering the bar. SB, that's because no offense, I love Nikki, but in WWE's that was the bar. She wasn't gonna do any better, and she tried. Do you know what I mean? If it's Alexa Bliss or you know all the people you mentioned, yeah, we can have a grand conversation. It's Nikki. I love Nikki. I, I, I hate the fact that it's Nikki, but it's Vince. It's like, uh, sure, uh, Scottish lady, don't get her. She tried her best and she got something out of it. That's more than most. That's the, you know, Do you know what I'm trying to say? I want her to do the best. I think she's more, she's amazing, got more to offer than what they're giving her right now. But I feel like she's even lucky she got that far. So I'm like, yo, call it a wrap. She done as well as she can do. She tried. <laughs> Welcome, guys, to NXT 2.0, Mocha 2.0. What are we going to talk about today? What? <laughs> you were in a whole rant and then you just randomly just introduced the show again? People got to switch off on, on Spotify. I go on Spotify to see how, what we sound like. The transition is actually better now because I called it out. They actually cut out your portion of the intro in the YouTube show to make it more seamless with Spotify. Breaking kayfabe, guys. Breaking kayfabe. I'm a mess. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, and that was, let's get into the actual NXT 2.0. Joe Gacy 
your favorite, your your favorite and my favorite on NXT. Yes, boy. Two point Yes, he uh he was the talk of the town on this week's uh, episode of NXT 2.0 as he played mind games with Braun Breaker throughout the show. And we're going to get into all that. Just remember, as always, to drop a thumbs up on this video, share it with your friends, subscribe if you are new to the Wrestle Talk podcast YouTube channel. And of course, Mocha 2.0, just like every podcast on the Wrestle Talk podcast YouTube channel, is interactive. So we want to hear from you. What did you think of Joe Gacy's mind games with Braun Breaker to get a shot at the NXT Championship? What did you think about Pretty Deadly's first defense of the NXT Tag Team titles? What did you think about Nikita Lyons, our favorite here on Mocha 2.0, challenging Natalia? Plus, much, much more that we're going to get into on this edition. So, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Send in those mocha chats and let's chat about NXT 2.0 or whatever you would like to talk about. As always, we love to hear from all of you. We love you guys in the chat. We love the mod mother holding it down in the live chat as well. So, let's get to it. So the show starts off. It was a it was a show long narrative of Joe Gacy playing these mind games set with the NXT champion Braun Breaker. In the, even in the intro, he interrupted the intro, man. The recap of last week. In the middle, he says uh, he tells Braun Breaker, "We will find out what sacrifices he's willing to make for his family and for the Hall of Fame ring." So then, uh. In our opening segment, we had Pretty Deadly come out to celebrate their NXT Tag Team Championship win. Yes, boy. Yes, yes boy. boy. Yes, yes, boy. boy. Yes. We, even got, we even got a yes girl later on in the night, which we'll get into. <laughs> we, are, we are the Pretty Deadly of the Wrestle Talk Podcast YouTube. Show. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Uh, Pretty Deadly say they dominated in the UK, but that but that scene was a drape. It was strap. Uh, but they came to America and took their titles as well. Grizzle Young Vets interrupt, and they have now been renamed, ladies and gentlemen, to no longer Zach Gibson and James Drake. They are simply Gibson and Drake. Uh, GYV uh, say the only reason Pretty Deadly was successful in the UK was because they weren't there. And the only reason they won last week is because they weren't involved in the gauntlet. That leads to Legato Del Fantasma interrupting and getting into a whole big brawl with GYV that takes them, you know, through the crowd and out of the picture. And then Braun Breaker, we saw him show up during Pretty Deadly's entrance to the CWC. He came, comes through the crowd, he gets in the ring, and he calls out Joe Gacy. And we have our first. Joe do Gacy promo. Do don't you got don't, don't tell me. Did you actually write it down? Yes, no, I did. No, no. Braun Breaker. Braun, I have what you're looking for. What's the ring? I'm not a hard man to find. All you have to do is find me. <laughs> that long ladies and 
ladies and gentlemen. Also, this created the show long narrative of Braun Breaker trying to find Joe Gacy. So we we had various segments throughout the night. Uh, first one we see GYV is backstage, and Braun is uh, bumps right through them and he's looking for well he's looking for joe gacy he find he hears the voice of his father rick steiner and he's like i gotta i gotta find him i gotta find him so he goes he goes a walking he's looking and all we hear is the same promo uh from two from two weeks ago when rick steiner was kidnapped we hear joe gacy in the background saying that he's gonna teach the new dog uh this old dog some new tricks and Braun Breaker is upset because all he finds is the cage and the place where his father was kidnapped. Later on in the show, we see Braun Breaker come off an elevator backstage and he goes into this mysterious room. And this mysterious room has nothing but mirrors. And all, all you hear is creepy horror music in the background. And inside the room is is a mirror with Joe Gacy behind Braun Breaker. And when he turns around, there's no Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy is, in fact, the man in the mirror. Oh, yeah, I'm searching. Oh, yeah, I'm searching. So you think Gacy in the mirror? Nah, you know what? I'm, I'm searching for Harland in the mirror. Where's Harland? That, that's, that's the question. You know what? Yeah. So I read the recaps before I actually saw the show. And I was like, oh, they did a House of Mirror thing. And then when I saw the actual execution of it, they just glued a bunch of Poundland mirrors to the wall. I mean, it came across so cheap. Guys, you know what? Usually we try to be like the epitome of positivity for the show. But we are going to break down this show. It was something. SP, you can continue now. <laughs> it was something. It was very much something. And then the segment ends with Broadbreaker breaking a mirror. So he has seven years of bad luck. And Ugh. he says, Where are you? <laughs> seven years of bad luck. That means seven years in the mid card. Oh, no. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much, ladies Jerking and gentlemen. the curtain. Jerk in the curtain. Uh, so later on in the night, we the lights go off. Well, backstage, we see Joe Gacy is watching Braun Breaker, still searching for him. And Gacy says, it's time that he ends this. So this leads to our final segment of the night. After our main event matchup, uh, Joe Gacy, the lights go off, and Joe Gacy appears on the perch in the CWC. After <laughs> Joe Gacy says, Braun Breaker, you've been looking for me all night. I'm not a hard man to find. And this brings out Breaker. Uh, Gacy tells Braun to take it easy. If you wanted the ring so bad, all you had to do was ask. Now I will return this. No games, no tricks. Under one condition. In two weeks at NXT Spring Breaking, you give me a NXT title match. Breaker agrees, and Gacy puts the ring in his ja his uh, jacket pocket. And then Gacy says, "Now that you have the ring back, I have my title match. There's just one last thing you need to do, Braun. You need to take a leap." of faith 
and pushes Braun off the perch to the floor. And the show ends with a bunch of damn druids. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. That was druids. No, no, no. What happened was it was a circle jerk of druids. (laughs) You saw, yeah. Bromis, what are you doing to me? And there was like an X sign. There was an X sign going on, and we couldn't see what happened. But Braun, let's just say he got violated by an army of druids who probably naked underneath the gown. He got circle jerked. They're round in a circle. He's in the middle, like a certain website that's got hub at the end of it. It was a Braun hub. He got Braun hubbed. It was like it was like if you ever search uh, four druids and a Braun. That's what we breaker hub. Um, Braun hub. He got. I'm calling it Braun hub. That's what happened to him. No, no, like, like you put breaker in the Brazzers uh, font. Oh, (laughs) yes. He he got breakered. You see me? He's like, no, don't, don't spray me. And then boom, exactly. Just because Jack and Time ain't here, we still got some Jack and Time, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. A bunch of druids that surrounded Broadbreaker, and he says, get off of me. (laughs) You didn't take it like a chap. No, he did. He wanted them to get off of him. That's how we ended the show, ladies and gentlemen. And what a show it was, but... Now that we're done with recapping that entire angle, <laughs> yeah. What was your, what's your thoughts on the show long angle and the setup for the NXT title match in two weeks at NXT Spring Breaking between Joe Gacy and Braun Breaker? Uh, okay. Silliness aside, I see what Michael Hickenbottom, Book of the Year, is trying to do. So basically, Joe Gacy, as I've mentioned before, Joe Gacy had a facade. That facade is. He's a social injustice warrior. He's trying to help you. But the last two to three weeks, we've seen a different Joe Gacy. He's dropped the facade. He's a madman. Heck, he has druids. I think they're now insinuating this guy runs a, uh, a cult. And also, SP3, you've done a thing where you, you try to do Joe Gacy. But when I see Joe Gacy, I feel like he's trying to do an SP3. So there's an interception going on. Yeah, when I see Joe Gacy, I think of you now. Thanks to you, Joseph Gacy's face, when he does this, you know, swap of his hair, I'm like, that's my boy SP, man. That's the, that's the same way. You've captured it right. The, the, from the smile, from the mechanical eyes. So basically, Joe Gacy's now crazy, man. He's so obsessed with the title. Uh, they drop all the, the, the subtle nuances the character used to have. He's now a raving madman. It reminds me when Muhammad Hassan went from being you know a, a a guy that that's that's being you know you know prejudiced against he he you know it's the stereotype to being an actual terrorist so i feel like they, they dropped the pretense and it's like hey uh i'm not a cult leader i'm just trying to help you actually i am a cult leader i just want your title so it's kind of like you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the new ones is gone it's like they they've lost the script on what Joe Gacy was supposed to be. I mean, I me myself, I didn't enjoy the the original Joe Gacy character because it felt too buzzwords e. But I was willing to give it a chance and see where they go with it. And I love <laughs> Rob in the chat saying Joe Gacy is a poor imitation of SV three. Change my mind. I won't. I agree with you. <laughs> you've ruined Joe Gacy for not ruined, but you've reimagined him. It's kind of like putting a deep fake. Just put SP 3s face on NXT instead of Joe Gacy and then you just have the same thing because you perform it the same way it's kind of like the, the same kind of nuance 
Yeah, off. It's, it's the it's the delivery. It's the delivery it's of so the heavy. <laughs> it's so it's such a B movie esque performance. Yeah, you you nailed it. Yeah, Vincent Price, you've got it. Nice. <laughs> absolutely it's yes boy it's so much fun for me to do every single week uh keep letting me know in the in the live chat in the comments if you enjoy my joe casey impersonations and you enjoy seeing me suffer as a result (laughs) yes your reaction to it i bet the best comment i saw from last week is sad is imitating me watching joe casey promo It's it's very it's very comes off like uh you know third third rate theater high school theater uh with Joe Gacy and this stuff it was a little bit too over the top I think what it really jumped the shark for me was the was the house of mirrors was the room it of was. mirrors yeah that's when I was just like yeah I'm over this because this would have been good for him to be looking for Joe Gacy when his father got kidnapped. Why Bingo. didn't you do that the week after you left us on the cliffhanger instead of him coming out and being like, oh, my dad's back home. So what was the point of the yeah. whole kidnap angle? We should have had real. this that week. And then, you know, there's there was simpler ways. He could have held his dad hostage until he got his title match at NXT Spring Breaking. But this whole NXT Spring Breaking seems very tacked on. They're, they're you know, they have big matches for it. You got this match. We have a uh, triple threat match for the North American Championship. So they're, they're adding matches there, but it just feels like it's very much lacking and very tacked on at the last minute. Also, I don't think this feud is doing Bron Breaker any favors because he's still yeah. new to the scene. Yeah, in WWE, so he's going to be a main guy. You have to show range, pal. You yeah. have to show that you got the chops, you know, to, to, to pull it off a bit. And then Bron, you know, bless him. He's still new to the game. It just made him look like a, a like a, a dimwit somewhat. I mean, it, 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 no offense to Bron Breaker, the character. He seems like a, he doesn't seem like a complex guy. Anyone can get to him. You get a little girl doing this to him. That'll probably make him snap. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's what the Druids were doing to him. Right? And also, and also the stakes for it. Yeah, the NXT title is meant to mean something. But you're telling me he went through kidnapping his dad and all of that just to get a title shot? It would have made more sense if Joe Gacy lost in a world contendership match or he originally asked. Then if he said no, then that would have, because the because all you have to do is ask for an NXT title match. Gunther True proved that just two weeks ago when he came out and he just asked for the NXT title match. It wasn't about him having to kidnap a father or steal a ring. He just came out and he asked for it. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler showed up from a whole nother show. Showed up on this show. He just asked for NXT title match and he got it. This has been a proven factor that you look at the look at this damn show. You had you had you had Duke Hudson and Dexter Lomas, their girlfriends, asked for a title shot and they got it. Why did we need a show long narrative about doing something that you could have just asked for? And his dialogue was, "You could have just asked for the ring." Yeah, and also, and also, Gibson and Drake learn from Indy and Persia. Just ask for a type, just get an attractive woman to represent you. Because, by the way, they are by far the best agent of all NXT, Indy and Persia. They got a title show just like that. A tag team have never teamed together, not even proven on paper, not even on NXT level up, I assume, because I don't really watch it much. And boom, they got a tag team title match. There you go. Logic, Michael Hickenbottom is book of the year. 
we are we are Michael Hickabottom Booker of the Year podcast. We are here for it. The Hickabottom is all good. But yes, where are my Hickabums? Where's all my Hickabums? We want to hear from all of you. What did you think about the show long narrative with Joe Gacy playing mind games, the Gacy in the mirror, and uh, all of his mind games with Braun Breaker to get his shot at the NXT championship at NXT Spring Break? And of course, we will be here to review NXT Spring Break in two weeks. We get a, we get another special. We get another special. I'm all, I'm all for it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But we want to hear from all of you. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Bring in those mocha chats. Of course, Seth E with his beautiful voice will read some mocha chats. Do we have anything in the chamber before we start going through the show in order? Friend of the show. 
big support of Dexter Loomis. You know who he is. He's the mayor of Painville. Dan, he donated $5. He goes, hello, guys. I hope you're doing well. What a week, huh? First, Dexter Loomis gets to main event NXT 2.0. Then WXW star Alexander James gets confirmed as a producer for NXT 2.0 and NXT Level Up. And then tonight, we get Dustin Rhodes versus CM Punk. Holy cow! Yeah. Dan has been excited about this Dustin Rose versus right. CM Punk match for over for ever since it got announced on Rampage. So I'm I'm happy that he he is excited for the matchup. I think that you know it's going to be a good match because Dustin Rose always has good matches at his even though he's been in the business for five decades, he's been still killing it at his advanced age. So I I expect him and CM Punk to have a very good matchup tonight. Uh, I did not know about that news of the uh, WXW alumni. Uh, being a producer for NXT 2.0. So this is why we always need a Dan Mocha chat because he teaches us stuff. It's an, educating, yeah. it's an education moment. Education on German efficiency. The most efficient man I know is Dan. And also Dan is the kind of guy, he likes what he likes. He's unapologetic about it. And he's also exactly. positive about it as well. I aspire to be like Dan, which is not to cry and complain a lot about wrestling and try and enjoy it and try and enjoy the silliness as much as I try. But at the same time, I, as much as I have kayfabe, sometimes it just... Takes a, a toll on me. <laughs> I think I think the two hours that you had to watch NXT 2.0 is what what you're describing of what it took a toll on you. <laughs> Maybe especially when I watched that my day job and I was like, it's taking a toll on me. I did my day job and I have to do this. I got two jobs at once trying to multitask. Oh yeah. But yes, Les, we want to hear the rest of your thoughts. What you thought about Braun Hub, uh, four druids and a breaker. Uh, what did you think about that? What did you think about the Joe Gacy promos? What do you think about my Joe Gacy impersonation? I want your ratings in the Mocha chat. Give me a rating out of 10 for my Joe Gacy impersonation. No, you know what I want to see? SB, I, I want to see your other half rated because I know she she's probably salty with her language. But I just want to see it because I love the dynamic between you two. I just have to Absolutely. see it. In person, in person, and I record it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. She will, she will rip me apart. Knowing, that, knowing that she usually, she does like my Goldust impersonations on True Rewind on Fightful. Check that out uh, every single week. Let's get into the show. So we talked about that opening segment uh, with Pretty Deadly, GYV, and Legato Del Fantasma. That set up a matchup between GYV and Legato Del Fantasma later on in the night. After that initial segment, though, we got a digital exclusive from last Saturday with Santos Escobar, who watched uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams promo from last week. And Santos says that Carmelo Hayes was never worthy of the North American title, and his place is in the back of the line now. We then got the response from Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams, who Hayes says he created the line for the, for the North American title. And Trick says they will bring the title where it belongs, that's what it is and that's all it's gonna be i need that i need the t-shirt 
NXT. And that is a t-shirt. But what I like is Santos Escobar did a line. He goes, a champion with a lot of excuses. I mean, <laughs> Santos is ready. He's main roster ready. Vince, you're letting him age like dry fruit. You're looking for your next Latin American star. He's in the CWC. Maximize him before you turn him into a manager. Maximize him. Now. Now. Put Santos Escobar to the main roster. Let's just scrap this feud, this turf war he, he's about to have with Tony D'Angelo, with the most wimpiest of goons I've ever seen. Stuck from the 1960s or 70s, God, you know, Godfather. Someone hasn't watched Goodfellas. Hey, hey, or, hey, 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 you got Bagu. You got Bagu. You got to get the Gabagoo. You, know, you want a, you want a couple of these. Hey, the bang. You know, I, I, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it. But yeah, I like Santos' line. Santos is the man Vince has been looking for. He's wasting his prime years by leaving him in the NXT. That's all I want to say about it. And the fact that we got teased, the Santos Escobar Rey Mysterio match that we all want to see, and we still we haven't got any follow up for that. That was just a random appearance by Dominic and Ray. It's NXT. a Michael Hickenbottom one on one because we got a few that came out of nowhere later. You know, a certain dollar store version of Braun Strowman and a certain Australian that came out of nowhere. We get to it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of confusion on this show, but our opening contest was actually promoted a week in advance. That's always good. Uh, and it was Tiffany Stratton going one on one with Saray. Uh, Wade Barrett calls Stratton the Buff Barbie doll. So I guess that's her new nickname. What do you and think? It's not. It will always be Mandy Rose 1.0. She dresses like her. If you squint your eyes, you're like, where's Otis? You know what I'm saying? With Mandy, you know what I'm saying? But she's a project they're trying to get over. And you know, Vince Merman, he loves blondes. They're like catnip. Mm, I love me some blonde. I want more of that. That's right. That's great. And uh, it was like Mandy Rose 1.0 versus... Uh... Asuka 2.0, I guess. Uh, Saray, uh, because they, they, but they haven't done anything with Saray. Like she got the, all this hype when she was initially debuted in NXT, and she got the comparisons to Asuka and Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane, and then they have not done anything with this character at all. And now she's basically fonder for Tiffany Stratton. Uh, Stratton hits a nice springboard senton at one point. Saray makes her comeback. She hits the sliding drop kick on the ropes. Uh, Stratton then reverses a German suplex by nailing her with a back headbutt and then hits her spinning Vader bomb for the win. And this was one of those matches where I said, it was fine. It was there. It happened. What did you do? Uh, so, so basically, you know, like I said, uh, the reason why I call her Mandy Rose 1.0 is because she dresses like her, by the way. She dresses like her. Not all blondes yeah. are the same. Charlotte, Charlotte, no. you know, she dresses no. like and that, Mandy, and that yeah. And I'm I'm only saying the Saray is Asuka 2.0 because that's what they presented her as. They literally they literally said, "Oh, she's on the same. She comes from the same place as Asuka and Neil Shirai." When no, they first I need to cl her. clarify that, it. Yeah, it's, it yeah. it's it's a funny joke. I'm gonna run it to the ground because she dresses like until she changes her gear, until she wears like probably tights and not you know same clothes Mandy Rose used to wear. She still looks like Mandy Rose 1.0. The match, like the match was okay. If it was if it was uh, Triple H booking this, Saray would have won it. Because yeah. if you remember, uh, Tiffany Stratton really took her out mid-transformation. So Saray's meant to get her heat back, and she didn't. That, for me, confirms that Michael Hickenbottom, he picks up the rule book and rips it apart. He plays by his own set of rules. So Tiffany Stratton won with a corkscrew Vader bomb. Like you said, she's okay. She's marginally improving. But it's nothing to write home about, especially with someone of a caliber like Saray, who's known for having great matches. That says a lot when you've got a great caliber athlete like Saray, and they don't really do much with her. They gave her a character revamp. 
and that hasn't really gone far. You see, if they gave her the women's title, right, like for at least five weeks, then she lost it. I would have called her success character revamp, but at the moment, it's kind of a failure. Oh God, he's he's trying to bring our argument from uh, Twitter and the pre Tweet forever. A pre-show. I just left it alone. I was, I was like, I'm, I'm over this. I got, I got things to do. I got kids to feed. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel disappointed because Saray came in with all the hype. It felt like she was going to get some type of push, especially when they did the character revamp. It was a very interesting character. And it would have made sense that, you know, she beat her the first time when she didn't do the transformation. This time she did the transformation and still lost. So I don't know what you do with Saray coming out of this. This seems like the feud is over, and it was just there to put over Tiffany Stratton, who they do have plans for. We saw that little preview match a couple of weeks ago with Tiffany Stratton and Ivy Nile, who seem to those seem to be the two ladies that they're kind of with Cora J, the new generation of NXT 2.0. But we saw them wrestle already. Ivy yeah. Nile won, so it's it's kind of like what I put down because I'll be making jokes. Just put Tiffany Stratton in Toxic Attraction. I it, like it. Weirdly enough. Aesthetic wise, she doesn't fit the group, but the dynamic would be incredibly funny because she'd be incredibly annoying with the girls. <laughs> Just put in, the, in that group because at the moment, it's like, what do you do with Tiffany? Because she's still learning. If you put a toxic attraction, you can hide her inexperience by putting her in six men tag situations where she can learn and not doing a lot in, in the ring or be exposed as, as much. But Tiffany Stratton has potential. I feel like within six months, she might become a player because she's got that whole gymnast background. Alexa Bliss did well with a uh, similar background too. I feel like she's got potential. It's just that Saray shouldn't be losing though. She's too much of a high caliber athlete that can carry the division which is lacking quality stars. Yeah, and and you know, one of the one of the ladies that I said that they kind of promoted her around like Io Shirai, she's currently out with an injury, it's been reported. So that's why the reason we haven't seen her on the main roster or on NXT so far. Her her the uh the tag team partner of hers that she won the women's dusty cup uh with. We should bring that up at this point. Kaylee Ray, though, the news yeah. coming out of the weekend from PW Insider set was now Kaylee Ray is gonna be Alba Fire. I know her. Alba Fire. Yeah. She's that Scottish red hair woman. Fire. You know, she's got a baseball bat, I think. I know who Alba Fire is. Yeah, I know her. Who's Kaylee Ray? I hate you sometimes. I really do. Um... <laughs> I, I this was based on the edict from uh Visic Band that no one can use their real names anymore. So yeah, that's why Kaylee Ray, the the NXT UK Women's Champion, over six hundred forty days as NXT UK Women's Champion, Women's Dusty Cup winner, just uh, less than a month ago, is now Alba Fire. Yeah, and her tag team partner redacted. I don't know what her name is. But her, her and a tag team partner redacted with a broken leg. Because think no, about no, this. No, no, no. Io Shirai is going to keep her name. If oh, they don't let Io Shirai oh, keep her everybody name, Everybody said I, Gunter, Gunter's chubby cousin, Volta, was going to keep his name. Look what happened to that. Io Shirai is a stardom name. Watch it, guys. Don't cry now. <laughs> cry later because Io is stardom. It's going to change. Oh God, I hope, I hope not. Please, it please. will. She's gonna get please. a new name. Stop crying, guys. Accept oh. it. You know, you come to terms with grief. Just release. No, just do, just do the Gibson and Drake. Call her Shirai. 
drop the EO and just call her Shirai. If because Zach Gibson is his name, that's his real name. So True, they just drop yeah, Zach. And, and Shirai is not actually her her real name, but yeah, still, so, yeah. so, so just call her Shirai. Um. So, uh, next segment we got. <laughs> We see Pretty Deadly meeting up with Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell, and they say, yes, girl, yes, girl, yes, girl. Yes, girl. <laughs> Listen, the best agents ever. Indy Hartwell, Persia Parota, out of the gate, got tag team title shots. They did. Talk about it, SP. Tell they them what did. happened. Tell Persia. them the ones they didn't watch it. <laughs> Persia and Indies won a match with Pretty Deadly, and they are all like, yes, girl, yes, girl. They want that match, too, but not with them. Instead, with the newest tag team, the hottest tag team in NXT 2.0, Duke Hudson and Dexter Loomis. Uh, I guess De- Duke, Duke, Dex? I don't know. Duke, Duke. Duke, Duke. Duke Dex. Duke Dex. Duke um, Dex. <laughs> oh, just call them Team Painville. Because, you know, Danny, yes, you yes. Know, yeah, Team Painville. The, the Duke and Dex Express. Um, <laughs> pretty deadly say they will let them know. And then randomly during the next matchup, we're told that, yeah, it's happening tonight. This seemed like a segment that was supposed to set up something for, like, next week. And then it just randomly was like, well, we don't have a main event for this show. So, yeah, that's our main event. Tag Team Titles. That is the theme of the show tonight because a certain person was meant to debut next week but debuted on this show. Yes, a lot of stuff just didn't make a whole bunch of sense. Uh, the next segment we see, we see Grayson Waller is interviewed and his and uh, says that Sanka the Thunder cost him uh, last week after he had old old ladies asking about his injured arm in the supermarket. Uh, Chase U interrupts, but Sanka the Thunder comes and chases uh, Waller down. He it's about to choke up Bodie Haywood at one point. Sanka the Thunder chases him all the way to the ring, and the referee just randomly pops up. And we have our match here. So it's the budget the- for entrances. The budget. If you tonight, like the theme of NXT was we're not gonna bother entrances. So Ryan didn't get her transformation entrance. Nope. Drum Breaker came through the crowd like it was a play. Like you have to you're doing a blocking for a play. You got the tag team leaving and you come through the crowd. Like there was even uh even when Santos Escobar he, he came out with the lads and he's yeah. just straight after. This is like budget ECW when you just eh, seamless flow of of shenanigans. Yeah. You gotta get all these matches in and out. Uh, Senka dominates uh, most of this matchup by yeeting uh, Grayson back and forth. Ali McBeal start- him. He Ali McBeal him. That's what I call it. He <laughs> yeeted, but I also call it Ali McBeal. He just... Ugh. Not a lot of people are gonna get that reference. <laughs> hey, listen. If you're a millennial or Gen Xer, you two thumbs up. If you're a Zoomer, I'm sorry, man. You gotta check out Ali McBeal to get the references. Oh, even then you won't get it. Just uh, play your names. Sanka the Thunder beats up uh, Waller until he reverses a choke slam on the outside. He runs Sanka into the ring post. Grayson uh, places him back in the ring, then runs down the, the aisle. You think he's going to run away and Sanka's going to get a count out victory, but no, he does his running, rolling stunner from the outside, outside to the ring and hits the stunner for the win. This went about three minutes tops. And this was another one where I just said, Meh. That's that was my thoughts on the matchup. It was very meh. SP. Um so, did I miss something? This whole storyline development for me came out of nowhere. Because yes. as far as I'm concerned, last week, yeah, they lost, but I didn't see any friction. They had no. just leave. It's like get out, you lost your match. Uh, 
Apparently there was a there was a digital exclusive where Who watches that? Where Grayson Waller fired Sink of the Thunder and that's what set up our matchup. He and even when they promoted it on their social media, they said Grayson Waller wants payback on Sink of the Thunder. It's like payback for what? You hired him. Like, and also what? and Michael Hickenbottom, you're just taking it from experience because Michael Hickenbottom had, had someone called Sid watch his back arrest me and fired him. But at least that storyline I don't know. This this doesn't make sense. You know what it did? It replaced Omos and AJ Styles for like the dumbest breakup and feud wrap-up in history. But also, the, if you remember, Gunter lost a few weeks ago. And we're like, why is Gunter losing so quick? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden he's on the main roster. Could it be the Sanger, the Thunder, could potentially be going to the main roster? That's the only reason why they would have him lose decisively. Because whatever credit he had as a monster. It's kaput. Like he lost to some some scrawny guy that he can whip. He lost off, clean as a sheet. Two root, two moves. He ran him into the ring post and he hit that rolling stunner. That was it. Yeah. That was the only offense Grayson had throughout the whole match. Unless he failed a one, you know, wellness policy, whatever. I'd stun them. Why Sanger just got? To see. Boom. Maybe they maybe they have the other costume for Authors of Pain and they want to team him back up with Veer Mahan and we're going to get the reunited Indu share. Maybe, but I, I like Veer what he's doing right now. Yeah, I mean, Veer unloading on people every Monday night is what I'm here for. He came and now he's unloading, guys. He's unloading. He's unloading every single week in the on biggest way possible. Braun Hub. Braun Hub, where you can get your breaker on. <laughs> um, Cora Jade, <laughs> yet promo. Uh, she shows uh, photos of her young self meeting Natty all those years ago at the house show that she talked about last week. But she says that her future is not bleak, and she rips uh, the picture of herself and Natty. This felt like an AEW feud, because all AEW feuds have oh, <laughs> these young, these young people next to I their was, wrestler. Their I was wrestler. hoping you wouldn't do this, because as far as I'm concerned, the originator of this is AJ Lee, because she had pictures with Lita and all the multiple women. But she never and, got to feud any of them. Yeah, but at the same time, I see this as an evolution of a Chris Jericho H HBK 2003 feud. Obviously, HBK and Jericho never took a, a photo when he was a teenager because HBK was a jerk and like do a lot of stuff that adults shouldn't be doing in school. They say, you know, you smell what I mean. But yeah, smell what you're you cooking. Know, yeah, you smell what I'm cooking. It's not AEW. It's a trope. It's called wrestling. You, you, you're gonna say, oh, they got blood. They thing for AEW. No, blood's been around for wrestling for ages. It's not a copy. It's just no. It's that... it's a picture. The picture thing has kind of become the gimmick. With with you had the MJF and CM Punk, and they randomly the main event was supposed to be Dark Order versus Jericho Appreciation Society, and they had Alex Silver next to Chris Jericho. Kevin it's become a trope. You know of they, of they, AEW, so they adapted they, it here. They did it with Kevin Owens and Jericho too, with the sim. Like, they, they, but he never had the photo with Jericho. Uh, the photo, the young, the young wrestler with the with the the you know the older established wrestler is something that AEW has been doing oh, for months. So that's KO, why you know what KO could have done it with Austin because there's actually a picture hey, of them together. He could. Hey, done if it they get them. if they get two 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 uh, thick women fighting each other, I'm gonna say that on AEW, I'm gonna say that they're taking the NXT trope. I'm gonna 
to say it. It just is what it is. If they're doing something repeatedly on one show and then they do it on the other, it's a trope that they're taking from the other show. Listen up, said Monsoon. I'm had enough of your crap. Will you stop with your crap? It's not AEW trope. It's AEW trope. No. Uh, next, next we had Roxanne Perez uh, vignette. It shows herself playing WWE video games as a kid until now. Uh, she says uh, she knew the virtual world would become the real world. And then we see her as her older version playing the new 2K game. And next week, Roxanne Perez debuts. Or will she? As she is then interviewed by Mackenzie, uh, but a toxic attraction interrupts. Mandy Rose gives her advice to not set her expectations too high here in NXT. And JC Jane challenges uh, Perez to push her debut up to tonight. And Perez says, I'll think of something. Okay. Yeah. That, that, you know what? That, that was a horrible delivery for an incoming baby face. Michael Hickenbottom, you can do much better. I believe in you, sir. You can do much better than that. Because Roxanne went, I would think about it and get back to you. And you know what? It did come across very high schoolish. Even when she said, uh, uh, and, and I actually kind of liked it because Toxic Trek's like, are you making fun of us? This is sarcasm. It's like, this is actually great. And Roxanne, but I don't know if wrestling fans could like a wrestler that's not confident in themselves. They hate that. We even made fun of Cameron Grimes talking about my daddy and my daddy. We like wrestlers that show sure of themselves. If you don't believe in yourself, I don't believe in you. I ain't going to believe for you. You need to believe in yourself. So yeah, Roxanne eventually did believe in herself. Tell him, SP, what happened next? Uh, well, next we got into GYV, Grizzle Young Vets versus... That's not a name anymore. It's now D&G, Drake and Gibson, Gibson and Drake, right? Yeah, they didn't even call them Grizzle Young Vets. You're actually right, but they. I'm still calling them GYV. G you know, Young I'm with Vets. you. For simplicity, I'm with you. I, I call them G and D and D and G. Sounds like a transmitted disease. Let's, you know, keep it rolling. Jesus Christ. Um... <laughs> We had Grizzly Young Vets versus Legato Del Fantasma. I love uh, you. You made the point of pointing this out the other week, and they've been continuing it. CWC chanting Legato during their they've they're getting it on beat now it's awesome yeah. um legato del fantasma they go back and forth this is a pretty good matchup for the short amount of time that they have uh but legato del fantasma gets to win with their russian lakes week junk jumping kick combo uh this was decent but like i said it was pretty short and then after the match escobar who came out with legato del fantasma challenges hayes for their match right now and santos also tells tony d to pay attention to what he does to Carmelo Hayes tonight. What did you think about the match? Uh, I feel like um, Legado del Fantasmo, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wild, they've become a world oil. No, 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 team. no, it's not, it's not Raul Mendoza. We should also note that it's Cruz del Toro. That's his new name. Cruz del Toro. I thought they effed up there. I was like, who's del Toro? I was like, who's Del Toro? Did I miss something? He's not Cruz Del Toro. Okay. Apparently, we missed that on last week's show, but they did uh, change it on the website uh, during the week. And then oh. on this show, they did uh, yeah, refer to him as it. Cruz Del Toro. Raul wanted to, he wanted a name change. Good for him. So, Cruz uh, Del Toro, 
And that's an awesome name. I'm sorry. I, no. I think that that's actually one of their better name changes. It's right up, uh, I think, the Roxy to Roxanne Perez and Raul Mendoza to Cruz del Toro are like the least, uh, the, actually the decent version of their name changes. I, no, no, I don't. Listen, it, it's, it's, I need to, I'm adjusting. My tongue is adjusting to the name. So yeah, Cruz del Toro, right? And Joaquin Wild, they become one of the better tag teams in NXT. It made sense for them to win. If if rumor has it, it's Drake and Gibson going to the main roster. That's where they're getting the extra fine polish with last TV rights or whatever. Because it didn't make sense for them not to be in that tag team uh, turmoil situation unless they have plans for the main roster. Because the main roster is depleted of tag team. And then I realize a certain team with three initials are doing great. So they're like, we need a team with three. Ah, forget the three initials. to do great on the main roster as well. Yeah, that's why they're showing interest in in all teams with three with three letters. No, they don't show interest in them. It just they don't want certain people to play with them. I don't want you guys to have them. They belong to me. You know when you know when you your ex girlfriend you you dump her and now she's she's looking no no yeah she's looking really attractive and now you want her back. You just want her back because she looks great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that she's like, with someone else and happy. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's the situation. Pretty much. And speaking of uh, jilted exes, we go backstage to an interview with Wes Lee with Mackenzie. And Wes says that he feels lost since Stand and Deliver. Uh, Exion, uh, Zion Quinn <laughs> inter- interrupts <laughs> and tries to give him words of wisdom, which Wes says he doesn't need his advice. So Quinn says he will teach Lee a lesson, which sets up a match for later on in the night. And then uh, during the break, we got footage of Fallon Henley attacking Electra Lopez once again with uh, Legado del Fantasma and Briggs and Jensen having to separate the ladies. And that sets up a six-person tag for next week's show. SB, what do you think about Exion Quinn becoming everyone's busybody uncle? Just butting into young people business and telling them, you didn't pull up your pants, son. Back in my day. <laughs> yo, from, yo, you could tell Wes, uh, Wesley was just depressed. But, to, you know, today is 420. So he's having a great day today. He's feeling much better today. He's in the treehouse hanging out with the rest of his rascals. But he's a little depressed. He got to get, he had to give up his tag team titles. He's not with his, his best friend and tag team partner anymore. He's having a rough couple of weeks. I was thinking, I was thinking either two things may happen. Either not, it's not gonna happen. But I assume because he's lost, ah, eh, put him with Joe Gacy. He, he, you know, Wayward Souls. You know him and the No Limit Soldier guy. You know Draco Anthony and Harlan. They can be a group or be in a makeshift tag team with Exion Quinn. Because X, because I don't know, is X on turning? Is it tweeting? It, I don't know. It feels after the last two weeks, it feels like uh, Zion Quinn is turning heel. Exion's turning. Is it because you know you know why? Is it because Robert Raids wears trousers? It's like we need to get him to wear trousers as well. You know, get, you know, feel his you know Samoan heritage and stuff like. You smell when I'm cooking. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you know, Exion's everyone's least favorite busybody uncle, telling people just to you know pull up your pants and stop your whining. <laughs> I'm stop your whining and complaining. Oh, it sounds beautiful from his voice. He can tell me to shut up and I'll be like, "How oh, poetic, Shakespeare." That's why he made for a good singer. You and him should start a short start a boy band. We will. It'd be like Exion in love. What? Okay. <laughs> 
Um, next up, we had the match that most of us were looking forward to on this show. Santos Escobar going one-on-one with Carmelo Hayes. Uh, both men were wearing different shades of gold. And I liked uh, Wade Barrett pointing that out on commentary, saying that they were both making a statement that they deserved the North American Championship. This match started off well before the commercial break. Uh, Santo hits a nice little drop kick. He follows up with a flying crossbody off the top rope. Escobar gets his foot pulled by uh, Trick Williams, which allows Carmelo to hit his springboard clothesline. Hayes has the advantage during the commercial break and after, but then the match slows down after the commercial break. Uh, Santa, uh, it has Carmelo having a front chancery on Santos for what felt like two or three minutes. Uh, then both men uh, did a double down after Santos hits a vertical drop brain buster. They start trading strikes. Then Escobar went for the corner mountain punches, but I guess he chose the wrong corner and then went to the next corner, changed corners in the middle of it for some reason before making his comeback. He hit, he finished with his running tope suicide then when he puts Carmelo back in the ring, Trick throws a steel chair into the into the ring to distract the referee. And then two men dressed like monsters, like they were hired goons from from Tony D'Angelo, uh, jump the guardrail uh, while Santos is staring at one of them. The other comes with the crowbar, hits him in the leg. Back in the ring, Carmelo hits a beautiful top rope leg drop to the back of the head for the win. I thought the match was pretty good, but like I said, it was very confusing and it seemed like mistiming in the middle of it but uh the finish does progress this whole santos escobar versus tony d'angelo feud and then post-match we had trick williams tells everyone to shut their mouths and hayes challenges carmelo uh cameron grimes to a north american title match in two weeks as spring breaking and then cameron grimes comes out to interrupt Grimes, Grimes says that the match is on, and then Sola Sequoia, Sequoia uh, comes through the crowd and takes out Trick and Mello with a super kick and Samoan drop, and the CWC has a huge reaction for Solo, and Sequoia says that he's got next, and that becomes a triple threat match in two weeks for spring breaking, so it's going to be Solo, Cameron, and Carmelo for the North American Championship in two weeks' time. What did you think about Escobar versus Hayes, and then the post-match to set up the triple threat. Well, in my notes, I had it two of the best workers in in in, in um, NXT 2.0 square enough. That that was the beginning portion. Then I saw the match, and I wanted to erase that fact. It wasn't the best showing. Both guys are incredible athletes. I stand by it. It's just like, I don't know if it's a chemistry issue. There was a few timing issues that, you know, Melo had and even Santos had in the match. But there was some, you know, a few good moves there. I, I love when... um when uh, Carmelo did the flex neck breaker. I just love that. Just showing his arrogance in a match. But towards the end, we got the most least menacing goons I've ever seen. A couple of paper boys ambushing our guy Santos. Yeah. And then after the, and after the match, we got Solo Sokoa taking that trick Melo, but he's over in the CWC. If they continue to book him like a beast, I could see him on SmackDown by SummerSlam because he's got the complete package. He's got the character down, you know, his character doesn't require him to talk a whole lot. I mean, he's 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 ready for it. He's he's down. He's a beast. He's a beast. I'm ready for the triple threat match. And also, Michael Hickenbottom, you're missing the opportunity to add an extra K to spring breaking, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Go, you know, push the whole show behind your workhorse, your guy, the face of. Yes, boy. 
four four druids and a breaker. Let's get it. Let's get it. Spring breaking with two Ks. Yeah, I enjoyed the matchup. This was probably the best match on the show. But yeah, it just seemed like they had like a little bit of chemistry issues. It was kind of like missed time spots. I did not understand at all why he changed corners on the mountain punches. That was the most confusing part of it. But uh, yeah. It was, it was decent for what it was, but I like the setup for the triple threat match. I think that match will be great in uh, two weeks' time as spring breaking. Uh, then we went backstage. That's when we had our man in the mirror segment with uh, Breaker and Gacy. But after that, we had Malcolm Bivens is on the phone with Ivy Nile, who's in the UK. So I guess we're going to see Ivy Nile and NXT UK in the next couple of weeks. Roger Strong says he is the leader of the stable and refuses to watch another group crumble before his eyes he's gonna start making an example of people and Malcolm Bivens did not look pleased with anything Roger Strong had to say because Roger Strong should not be leading any stable that I said it I said it I said it SP, I'll give it to you. I think we're both right because I've been saying Roddy's the leader and you're saying Malcolm's the leader and I think that segment showed we're both right both guys they they watched Mocha 2.0 they do. <laughs> they do. They watch it. They both think they're the leaders. They both have visions of what they think Diamond Mine is. And I'm worried about Roddy because out of everyone in Diamond Mine, who's been losing the most? Eee, his win-loss record is the ru- the most rubbish of them all. The yeah. fact is, if you combine the losses, he has more losses than all of them combined, kind of, in the last few weeks on television. So it's not looking good for the leader. If you're a leader, you lead by example. Not catching L's, but, but causing W's. Gotta get those W's. You've been losing um, NXT 2.0, NXT UK. It don't NXT matter. UK? It don't no matter one loses you there. Go, you lose. You take those L's. You gather in those L's. He traveled to another country to catch L's. Who does that? It's not even Diamond Mine. It's Diamond Mile because he got an L in there. Not even an <laughs> Ooh, He's Diamond Mid. <laughs> Diamond mid. Yes, he is diamond mid. Um, next up, we get a, a SmackDown superstar on the show as it's Natalia going one-on-one with Tatum Paxley. Uh, Natalia gets a convincing win here. Nothing much to see here. Uh, Paxley got a little burst of offense, but Natty eventually pushes her into the turnbuckle, locks on the sharpshooter for the win. I, my notes here just say basically a squash because I didn't get much from this. There wasn't any noteworthy sequences. This was just to get Natty a win after uh, making her return to NXT last week. I, I wrote down like there's some hesitation from Paxley when she started in her fence. Like if you're wrestling Natalia and we, we can see gaps in your fence, you know, you need you, you, it's like a chicken that's kind of uncooked. It leaves that extra more seasoning and shoved back into the oven. Paxley's got potential, but there's a reason why she's not in diamond mine. Oh, and by the way, Hector, it's a WrestleMania, uh, yeah, WrestleMania X7. I got it from Wifey. Wifey has the inside sources. Um, I think they. He's were a monsoon, selling- guys. He's a monsoon. <laughs> they were selling it on uh WWE shop for a while, but yeah, I mean, I got it. I got this one, and I got WrestleMania 12 with Michaels and uh Brett. So SB, who's your uncle-in-law that com- commentated on WrestleMania three? I mean, if you're just gonna put me on the spot here, um, yes, <laughs> my my uncle-in-law, my my significant other's uncle is Gorilla Monsoon, ladies and gentlemen. So now SB. you know. If you don't, if you didn't know, now you know. SB, who was also in the curtain call. <laughs> 
I was at the curtain call. Yes, I was at the curtain call in Madison Square Garden. My first wrestling event ever is where kayfabe was uh, murdered in front of my eyes at eight years old. But you also yes, recorded the fi- you also recorded it as well, right? No, I didn't. I didn't have no video. Oh my god! Imagine my little self, like like eight year old SP three, like oh my god, it's me! That was oh you. my god! It's, it sounded like you. Moving on, uh, they they approach uh, Tony D'Angelo outside CWC. He denies he had anything to do with the attack on Santos Escobar. And then he compliments Legado Del Fantasma's car, saying that it has nice wheels. Hmm, interesting. Uh, next, we had Nathan Frazier uh, vignette. He says that NXT 2.0 is exactly his style, and Frazier will debut next week. And this one was a debut that will happen next week. It wasn't a vignette to preview a debut that was happening on the same show, even though it was promoted as next week. He, needs, a extra, he needs an extra week because it looked like he was reading cue cards. Uh, uh, I belong wrestling in, in the ring. I, I, I belong in the ring. Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to rest. Yeah. Wow. Dude is talented, but he's got charisma absentia. No charisma at all. To be to be fair, to be fair, he just needs time in WWE. I think I think that's the whole reason why he's gotten called up to NXT 2.0. He gets to work with someone like Shawn Michaels. You know, NXT can groom him because I'll be I'll be honest with you. Until like his last couple of months in ROH, his his trainer Seth Rollins, when he was Tyler Black, had similar charisma issues. So he did show that he had a little something at the end of his ROH run when he did sign with WWE and he was still ROH World Champion. He had a little bit of charisma like come out of him. But he was kind of at mean, this point too. You're right. He will, he was Tyler Bland. Tyler Bland, exactly. <laughs> we also see backstage. Uh, Indy Hartwell is looking to make Dex and Duke a uh, match with matching uh, jeans, but Hudson wants to work on a game plan. Hartwell keeps responding for Loomis because. Loomis doesn't talk unless he's saying, I do. And Hartwell says uh, to speak his language. So Duke starts making weird facial expression. Like he has to take a dump. He was doing a Sae impression, guys. <laughs> and, he um, must have showed me, he must have saw me like go at him. Because, you know, Duke Duke Hudson was a finalist in the breakout tournament. That's the only reason why. Because Duke He Hudson, was a semi-finalist. Semi-finalist. Uh, the finalist was Carmelo Hayes and... Uh, Oh, Odyssey um, Jones, who we haven't seen Odyssey. in years. Because <laughs> he got cancelled. Either injured or cancelled, one of them. But yeah, Duke Hudson, he has potential. When we get to the tag team match, we'll talk more about it. The guy's got something there, but he just needs to be unlocked. We hope. Um, next, we had your favorite, uh, Zion Quinn, going one-on-one with Wesley. Wesley has new graphics for his uh, entrance, and they've kind of like slowed down the MSK music to uh, kind of fit him now, I guess. Uh, Wes comes out hot, hits a nice tope suicida to the floor, but uh, Quinn hits a back suplex on the apron. Barrett talks about the more aggressive uh, Zion we saw last week and tonight. Uh, Quinn goes for his running four arm but he gets caught with a super kick and a series of strikes by wesley lee slips off the the ropes on a springboard and gets blasted with the forearm and then quinn follows with the running forearm for the win this was burrito is a flying burrito this this was another one that was just kind of there it was too short to kind of announce anything but what we saw was pretty solid what did you think Seth? 
I, I feel like I feel like Wesley has a lot to offer as a singles competitor, especially. Then again, if it was Triple H booking, I would say that Michael Hickenbottom, he's a bit unpredictable. I don't know what he sees in Wesley, even though Wesley and Redacted were big Click fans and wore of their merchandise. So you know, you know, if you kiss up to Michael Hickenbottom, you would get somewhere. Uh, yeah, Wesley's got potential. <laughs> I said maybe Exion Quinn and and Wesley could be a tag team, but you mentioned it. They've been mentioning the the more viciousness of Exion Quinn since he lost his wardrobe. I mean, it happens. You lose your outfit at the airport, you get a bit cranky and grumpy. So I don't blame everyone's busybody uncle feeling a bit intense. He's got the jeans with the holes in it. That's how you know times is tough. Let's go. Times is rough. Let's go. Everything comes like, ah, let's go. <laughs> See, he, he, even, he even bullies the, the fans, the, the universe. I like, I like how he did the the the, the Black Panther to, 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 to do a shoulder block. Like, Yeah, but he even bullies the fans. He comes in like, let's go. He, he can't help himself. He has to tell people what to do. Pull up your pants. Where's the belts? <laughs> Use a coaster. Um, <laughs> backstage we see Natalia. Uh, she says that Cora Jade loves to play the victim. It's kind of true. Uh, Natty says that last week was self-defense. Uh, every woman come. Every woman comes after her. So she came for Cora in her home. Nikita Lyons approaches, and did you hear a pop for Nikita Lyons when she came in the frame? Panic came out. Ultimo Ragon out in this piece uh, approaches Natty and says next week after she's done with Lash Legend, Nikita's coming for Natty. And Natalia says when she has you in the sharpshooter like Cora J, she will know what to do. And Lions responds with, don't worry, I'm flexible. And my response was, yes, she is. Guys, we're going to do a new segment now every single week on, on the Wrestle Talk podcast here for NXT. Horniest line of the week. And today's horniest line of the week is awarded to Nikita Lyons for that line. She is indeed flexible. And she was like, what it do? She's coming. So Natalia is like a professor visiting a university. She's the litmus test. If you can do a possible to great match with Natalia, you are ready for the main roster come November. Now come Tuesday come november see yes but i forgot i forgot nikita lines when i was mentioning the four pillars of nxt 2.0 women's division it's nikita lions ivy nile tiffany stratton and cora j the four pillars they only need the four pillars busty rose is busting them up <laughs> the american cream busty the Rose. american cream uh, yes <laughs> A recap of last week with Von Wagner launching Ikemen Jiro into the crowd, and we hear that Jiro is going to be out for nearly a month, and Wagner has been suspended. They did not mention Wagner giving the powerbomb to Kushida, which is officially his send-off in NXT as Kushida has officially left the company. This was reported by Fightful Select, I believe, on Monday night. What's your thoughts on Kushida finishing up with WWE and NXT 2.0 set? All right, there was no recaps. If there's no recap, that means he doesn't exist. Uh, you know what? Good for Kushida. He so he's like he did what Kyle O'Reilly did. So the writing on the wall, and he's like, mm, no. <laughs> he he did that whole thing on Friday. He was like that old man when Debo's like, You want some old man? Nope. Read his car. Nope. He's going straight back to New Japan strong because people are saying, oh, he's going to the main New Japan. I see him being one of the pillars because the word buzzword pillar is a thing. I can see him being one of the guys they they build the never open division around, you know, 
you know, I, I can see them. They, they need they need uh, help in the junior heavyweight division. They've lacked stars for a while. Wouldn't mind him immediately going to you know the best of the super juniors next month. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that. I think the the report from uh, your favorite Uncle Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio was that uh, they plan to bring him back for Dominion in June. But hopefully they give him what he wanted before he left New Japan in the first place. He no, he wanted to be a heavyweight. He was done. He felt like he did everything in the junior heavyweight division, which he did. He won multiple tag team titles with the Time Sweaters with Alex Shelley. He was a, what, a seven-time IWGP junior heavyweight champion. He did it all in the junior heavyweight division. Let him go up to the heavyweight division. Like, you've had Hiromu Takahashi have matches with Tomohiro Ishii, Kazuko Okada, Minoru Suzuki. You had Will Ospreay go up to the heavyweight division and win the world title. Why don't you let Kushida be a heavyweight now? SP, do you think he has what it takes to be a successful heavyweight in in New Japan? Seriously. I think he's a I think he's a hell of a worker. I think that it could we it could work. And like he said, you have this success. Like Hiromu Takahashi, I don't think he's bigger than Kushida. They're basically the same size. And Hiromu Takahashi is another guy that a lot of people think he should just go up to the heavyweight division. So I think I would love to see Kushida versus Hiroshi Tadahashi again. That was his send-off match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I would love to see him have first time ever matchups with like uh Kazuko Okada and uh Minoru Suzuki. There's a Plenty of guys that he hasn't worked with in the heavyweight division that it just makes sense to do it. Well, I feel like he, he, he's, you know, the, I see WWE as, as like a vacation, you know, because in New Japan, you take a heck of a bump, your neck and your head, yeah. you, you know, your skull, they take a beating. So Kushida wrestling in WWE, he got to, you know, have some money. His family got to chill in the sun. You have to remember, he did it for his family as well, you know, get change of scenery. Now he gets to go back and hopefully get that promotion that he wanted. He's not all rest up. Any nagging injuries are gone. He may be renewed in his focus. And also, I'm hoping to see a trios of the Motor City Time Splitters. <laughs> I love how you look like this is the most clever thing I've had to say. So it's not. Someone some, someone actually called him, was it, was it like, was it Jacket Splitters? Oh God! Please no! Please no! Don't give me any jacket time. I don't need it. Um, we next had the debut of Roxanne Perez going one on one with one half of the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, J.C. Jane. Roxanne looked pretty good. She was impressive, showing some athleticism, doing the bridge out of the pinfall. Uh, Wendy Chu then shows up on the Videotron in the Toxic Lounge, and she's destroyed as she says remodeling uh, the Toxic Lounge, and this leads. To to Perez hitting a code red on JC Jane for the win. This was more of an angle than an actual match. We got like one and a half minutes of a match, then Wendy Chu's distraction, and then uh, Roxanne Perez went, won this matchup. I think Roxanne Perez looked good, but uh, the match wasn't really a match. Well, you know what? Roxanne Perez, she executed her, um, her offense like a seasoned vet. So, yeah. you know, Booker T, you know, he's got a roster of great athletes athletes sorry booger uh, t is a good trainer he's just not very good at podcasting and remembering things but continue yeah he's not but he's uncle booker we love him for that he, he, he like he's done so much he's an uncle that's for sure yeah he's one of those uncles it's true you love him <laughs> they chat a lot of garbage but i love king booker he's the man but yeah uh roxanne because a lot of people saying Corey jade you know she's a She's spotty in areas. I don't mind uh, if Roxanne takes a place. And also, Roxanne did take a place of someone else 
of Hispanic descent with an R, a little bit taller, now on SmackDown, because that person's gone, so they needed a new person to slot in. Raquel is gone. Roxanne is now in there, because once you, you get all the the six-person action, you have Wendy Chu, you have Dakota Kai, you have Roxanne, and you have Toxic Attraction. That's our prediction for the future. Here we go. I guess I guess that's what we're leading to there. Uh, in the in the parking lot, we see Legato del Fantasma leaving the CWC, but their car has a boot on it and a dead fish on the windshield. And Santel says, "It's pretty obvious who's behind this." Dun dun dun. What did you think? Who's behind this set? Uh, I I don't I don't know. I don't know, Natalia, because she's got a cat, maybe a cat likes fishes. I don't know. I mean, she's been, you know, if you think about it, weird stuff started happening when Natalia debuted. I, I, I'll go for her first. <laughs> yes, Tony D is uh, making sending a message to Santos Escobar Turf and war. the family. Uh, and yes, this is going to be last call for Mocha Chats because we're about to review the main event of NXT 2.0 from last night as it was pretty deadly versus Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson for the NXT tag team titles. At one point, pretty deadly pose with Hartwell and Parada, which pisses off Loomis and Hudson. And then they actually start working together. Dex and Duke, uh, the Dex and Duke Express, hit a double suplex and give each other the thumbs up. Uh, that's the only thumbs up you're going to see from us. Uh, Pretty Deadly turns things around and isolate Dex for a while until he hot tags Hudson in back in. Uh, we even get a Duke chant uh, during this comeback from the CWC. What's that smell? After a distraction from Wilson, uh, Prince hits a running kick on Duke to give Pretty Deadly the win. I thought that this was pretty solid for what it was. It was like less than 10 minutes for the main event, but it is what it is. Pretty Deadly looked pretty good. And uh, I think that Dex and Duke actually worked well together, but it felt like they rushed this whole story. This seems like the destination, not how this tag team should start. Michael Hickenbottom does things by his own rules. He goes, when you think you have the answers, I change the answers. <laughs> you think you have the answers, I change the answers. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, uh, Duke Hudson has, uh, he all shows glimmer of potential. My favorite spot in our tag team match is when he sent the two guys, Kit and Prince, colliding into a spear together. That was a great uh, segment of, of a move that he did there. He And I like when he does big boy moves in the ring. He just slugs it out, those big punches. Duke has potential, but I feel like they're wasting time. If you see potential in him, just do it already. I'd rather him than Von Wagner, because at least with Duke Hudson, he speaks well. He doesn't look like he's reading from a cue card and he doesn't come across like a Snitsky-esque, you know, dweeb or, you know, yeah. Dumbo. You know, and, at, and at least the people that work with Duke Hudson don't automatically leave the company afterwards. Oh, my gosh. He's a curse. Von <laughs> Wagner's a curse. Stay away from him. Von Wagner is the Dan Lambert of NXT 2.0. If you notice, anyone who feuds with Dan Lambert has to turn heel or leave the company. Anyone who feuds or has to associate themselves with Von Wagner usually leaves NXT. You know what? You stumbled onto something, and and I, I'm proud of that. You should tweet the, it when you get a chance. The only, the only time he's had a match on a special show for NXT was against who? 
Fabian Eichner, who we haven't seen in weeks, and Marcel Barthel, who is now Ludwig Kaiser. He teamed up with Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly lost to him and then left the company. And then he power bombs Kushida, and now he's left the company. It's the Von Wagner curse. It's the Von Wagner effect, guys. Stay away from it. Stay away. You know, Robert Stone, stay away from him because you might get featured Endeavor because we know Sophia Cromwell's taking over. Exactly. You're about to get featured endeavored, Vaughn. Be careful. I mean, be careful, Robert Stone. Please. We love you. We love you and we care about you. But we care about all of you guys watching. So, Sat, do we have any Mocha Chats in the chamber as we wrap things up on our Mocha 2.0 NXT 2.0 review? We have zero in the chambers. Zero, zero in the chamber. <laughs> zero. No, no, we only had one today, man. Like, yeah. It's all like, right. People it's... are feeling it. People are feeling the episode. They're like, I don't want to ask anything. You guys spoke for us. Please, for next week, give me money. So I can buy a new t-shirt. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. But we got to hit our thumbs in the middle. This is everybody's favorite time, Sat. What do you give this episode of NXT 2.0 in 3, 2, 1? Yeah, this is a big thumbs down from us both. Uh, this was not the most enjoyable episode of NXT 2.0. They usually at least have one match where we could say, okay, this was at least a thumbs in the middle type of show. We can be the bar together. But this one was a thumbs down show because even Santos and uh, Carmelo Hayes going at it did not save this at all. The issue was they tried to cram in too many matches and they just came across as half-baked. Even some of the story plot lines came across as half-baked because some of the stuff, you either had to watch it on a YouTube channel or on Twitter. Uh, not everyone has time for that. Do the angles. The whole point of having a show is we invest in it. What's the point of having NXT level up if you're not using that to advance feuds as well? It doesn't make sense. So that for that reason, guys, as we try not to be the negative people, even we can't pretend we don't see pigs fly in the sky. All right, Sat. So we talked about this episode of NXT 2.0, and I know you're Mr. Positive when it comes to this brand and this company, and uh, you're usually the devil's avocado. But uh, I think it's safe to say that I did not enjoy this episode of NXT 2.0, and um, from from what you said throughout the show, it didn't seem like you enjoyed it that much either. No, no, I did not. Uh, we call this episode "Reduced Budget in Entrances." <laughs> it was like it was like a lot of my notes is this match was meh. This match was just there. This right? is like even even the best match on the show. I was just wondering why uh, Carmelo and Sa Santos had to have a two-minute point where it just was a, a front chancery, a front headlock for like two two minutes and of this eleven-minute match. And he stumbled. It, it it really was. It stumbled in that match. It, it's kind of like it, you know what I would say about NXT TV matches is like they're saving the best for the actual big supercard shows. But even this, as a taster, it was like it could have been more. But yeah. yeah. Usually NXT 2.0 has that one banger that saves the whole thing. And we also talked about how I was right. Roddy is the leader. I told you so. Yeah. 
the 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 last two weeks they've had at least one match. The main event has delivered, so we've at least been able to give it a thumbs in the middle. But uh, you'll have to see the the actual show or listen to this whole thing to see what we gave this show. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a lot bad. But going back to your to your Nikki Ash point, uh, I think that Nikki Ash, uh. It's, it can't be anything else but a failure now that she's in the 24-7 land. And usually either not in 24-7 land, she's in the, the catering. Like they had, a simple, they had a simple thing to do. They introduced this whole her and do drop tag team, which I actually liked. So I was like, you have another woman's tag team. What are you doing? And they have not done anything with it since they had a promo together. You know what? Do drop put on an outfit. She can almost be a superhero too. It's there. Two Scottish lasses. Do drop wearing her cape and all that kind of stuff. They are comedy gold mine. I can write for Nikki Ash. I love Nikki Cross. I love Viper Niven. Like I am a fan of both women. And Nikki Ash is not fail. You know what? It's the word failure. It's not. You know, there's different words you can use. SP3 is the word failure because to say she's a failure to discount what she did. I, I'm not saying Nikki Nikki Storm or Nikki Nikki herself. The in reality, she's a failure. That's why I said I brought up kayfabe. It's a kayfabe title that no, you're bringing you, up. You, 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 you no, you me. no, you basically trying to just play it off like, oh, she won a title, so she's a success. Yeah, that is title. It, it, that's that like she, only, she only the, won because because Charlotte got beat up by so, Rhea Ripley first. First, so, I would have done then, the same thing. I would beat up Charlotte as well and take her title. And then, and then they repeatedly beat her, beat her like a drum from Charlotte Flair repeatedly. Uh, you know what? And then she, she lost a, the title. She had a two days in the sun. Listen, you cannot lie, yeah, yeah. You know, part of hindsight. At that time, that was great. She won money in the bank and she cashed it in. Man, I had euphoria, man. I, if if I was a drug addict, I would have just drugged myself right there, fall back, and slow my own saliva because that was a great. For a Nikki fan, that was great. And that, that's what I can have. Well, if that's all you can have, that's all we can have this week on the Wrestle Talk Podcast Mocha 2.0, WWE NXT 2.0 review. You know what to do. Hit the subscribe. Give us a five-star rating on your podcast platforms. And we will see you next Wednesday on NXT 2.0 review for Sat SP3. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.